Welcome to Exploring Digital with Per, a podcast for entrepreneurs and CEOs who want their businesses to benefit from a digital-first approach. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Exploring Digital with Per. I'm joined today by Tyler Kenyon, who's the Marketing Director at Copper. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. So uh, do you want to kick us off by explaining a little of who you are and how you came to be uh, the Marketing Director at Copper? Sure. So I've had a, something of a varied background, but I guess I've been in the, the marketing and the communications field for the past uh, 10 years or so uh, with some derivations and other occupations along the way. Um, but communications has always been sort of at the heart of what I've been doing. Uh, and I've met uh, some of the guys here through a previous place of employment. Uh, and a couple of years ago, I guess it was late 2017, we decided to set off and, and, and create Copper. Um, for some background on copper, copper works in the infrastructure space of digital assets. So that's like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all those uh, crypto assets, digital assets, whatever you want to call them this week. Um, so we provide a lot of the um, facilities for storage and acquisition, uh, as well as trading. So does that put you at a, a kind of interesting part of the market in appealing to both, you know, I guess, consumers and, and business, well, institutional investors as well? Yeah, I mean, our, our bread and butter is the institutional side of things. So we don't actually have a, a retail offering at the moment. Um, and that was sort of the uh, the gap in the market that existed in 2017 and 2018 was, I mean, crypto has always been a very retail driven phenomenon. Um, and there was there was not enough infrastructure or services um, dedicated to the institutional audience back then in 2017, 2018. Since then, there's been, you know, a huge amount of players that come onto the, come onto the market. Um, but and we've been there since the beginning, providing that uh, core custody element more than anything else. So, and as the the marketing director in a, in a, you know in a sector that's got um, busier with more competition coming in, how do you, I guess, continue to prove your USP? What what keeps Copper special, you know, amongst its, its competition? I think um, you know the team that we have here uh, is a really good mix of you know core competencies in the technology side, which is what you need for you know, the blockchain and digital asset space. But then there's a lot of um, guys that come out of the legacy traditional finance space, so they understand the requirements that our, that our clients have. Um, whether that's regulatory or just you know the mandate of their fund or their investors, um, so we can really marry up those those two elements of digital assets better than anyone else in the space. Cool. So you've got enough of the the tradition and enough of the startup uh, whiz kids. Yeah. We, well, we hope so. We think so. <laughs> good. Lovely. So uh, good to find out about Copper and you. Uh, we're going to try a little um, word association uh, res- you know response test. Uh, okay. So if I say some things, just. If you can, in one or two words, uh, give me your response. Let's start with copper. Fast. Tyler. Efficient. <laughs> Part of being fast, I hope. Uh, the copper team. Growing. And your work. Uh, pervasive. Would you rather read a book or watch a film? At home, a film. Uh, on the move, a book. If you were singing or dancing? Uh, Given a choice, neither, but with a gun to my head, I guess singing. Comedy or drama? Comedy. It's definitely better to laugh than cry. Very good. Uh, Least favorite ice cream? Anything synthetic, like bubble gum or whatever. Favorite holiday destination? Anywhere you can truly unplug. And last book you read? Uh, the last book I read was called The Stress Effect, uh, which was written by an American military psychologist about how 
good leaders perceive the impact stress has on their outputs. And was that a very sort of business focused book, that one, or was it, was it a generally yeah, it, sort of? It is, it is hugely business focused, but the, the author is a really fascinating character. There's some, um, uh, I can't remember his full name. It might be Dick Thompson. Um, but if you look up some interviews with him, he's just had this like incredible career. Uh, uh, so it's a, it's a fascinating journey he's been on. Oh, incredible. Good. So some good military anecdotes along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So uh, 2020 has been a, an interesting year, I guess, for Copper, because was it at the beginning of the year that you got your latest round of funding? Was that as it kicked yeah, in yeah. early we 2020? We closed the Series A funding round uh, right at the end of last year, sort of beginning of this year, um, moved into some shiny new offices, and then lockdown happened. So we haven't really been able to make the, the best of that. But it was, it was fortuitous timing on the funding round in general. Um, yep. I think more than anything, it gave us a bit of um, headspace, a bit of breathing room. Um, but th- the nature of our work, the nature of the industry is that it's, it's decentralized. It's, it's completely digital by nature. So we were well set up for working from home as, as an entire company. Um, so, I mean, the pandemic had a, an effect, but not necessarily on how we operate as a, as a business, as individuals yeah. or, or collectively. I mean, it was more just looking at how the market was impacted um, but um, certainly my impression is going into a, a funding round that, you, you know, you have to put pretty, pretty strong plans together for what you're going to be doing over the, ne- the next year, two, three years. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of that at a, at a series A, series B comes into, you know, how's that, how's that product going to grow? Uh, and so no doubt you had some pretty thorough marketing plans that at the start of the year you had to think, well, are these still valid, right? Or, yeah, or- absolutely. And I think, in the crypto space, because it's still such a new space, there's a huge emphasis placed on like meeting up with people and doing events and you know speaking at events and you know for the for the BD guys being able to actually go and shake hands with people and network like that. So having all of that shut down uh, meant we had to quickly re-examine our marketing plans and our budgets and reallocate funds that you know we thought was going to go towards travel and sponsorship events and then redirect it towards other elements like. Um, PR and online market launches and online advertising, things like that. But I mean, it, it's stuff you can do fairly quickly. I mean, we're, we're a smallish organization. Well, I mean, we're a small organization. There's 25 in London uh, and then another sort of 20 globally. So we're able to make those pivots fairly quickly and, and without too much impact. And by the sounds of things, it wasn't like the, the business strategy changed or the marketing message changed. It's just the, the application and the, and the, the delivery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because again, because of the nature of crypto, everything's online to begin with. So, you know, we're, we weren't talking about like manufacturing facilities or production uh, being impacted by, you know, working from home or anything like that. So, I mean, our product line did change and has changed fairly substantially over the last eight months, but that's driven by client demand, not necessarily by uh, a pandemic. Okay, so you've had to evolve your plans to support both, you know, a pandemic and a total shift in how you're you're selling, but also evolve at the same time with the, with the product development. So, how do you stay on top of that as a, as a marketing director? How do you kind of tie the day to day into your your monthly and quarterly and annual plans? Well, it's just communications internally, right? I mean, having the relationships with you know the BD guys and the product guys, the developers, um, the senior leadership within the organization, and the clients. So that we're all having one conversation, we're all singing from the same song sheet. Um, when everything's tied together like that, it's very easy to make quick changes, whether it's on the product side or the market side. And so, what's your lead time between a kind of, oh, let's let's change the way we're we're going to try and and sell this to actually seeing that live and in the flesh? 
Uh, I guess it depends on the scale of the the project or the question. But you know, if we have a some feedback from a client that you know our core product needs changing to um, accommodate an element of their business, I mean, we can turn something around in in under two weeks. Yep, uh, all the way. And so you'll you'll be involved as well as development planning the the comms around whatever that that product is. Yeah, absolutely. It's partly taking in the communications and the feedback from our clients, but also in you know, when we're putting out the messaging to the entire client base after that, that's, you know, the marketing team's involved from start to finish. So what, what proportion would you say of the kind of the innovation in the platform is now client driven and what proportion is kind of your existing roadmap? Uh, probably a hundred percent client driven at this point. Um, really? So in 20, 2017, we came together as a team, 2018, you know, January, 2018, we really started R and D on the first, uh, iteration of the product, which was the core custody application. Um, we've probably spent eight months doing that and working with one or two like beta clients uh, later in that process. And then as soon as that product launched, um, everything we've done since then has been client driven. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So uh, clients get to be you know a, a real stakeholder in the business and uh, and, and progress the, the platform. So um, do you think that's, that's something you do as well as your competition? Do you think other, other people are uh, any worse, better? Has that been part of your strength as a business? I think it, we, so some of the incumbents in this space who had a retail offering to begin with and have tried to adapt it to suit an institutional offering, they're probably less able to you know, pivot like we are because they still have to service that other retail audience. Or they have and it, you know, and it, a legacy infrastructure that just doesn't accommodate the new way of doing things that is a, a prerequisite for institutional customers. So I think we we probably are able to move more quickly than you know the incumbents in the business. That someone someone that's maintaining a whole code base across mm. multiple multiple applications. Okay, that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, so be, so being specialized helps your you know how how well you can innovate because you know you're only only catering to one audience. Absolutely. Um, how how much of the the innovation do you think has been enabled by this latest round of funding? Would would you have been able to continue at some pace of R and D, or was it was it um, you know you needed that money to be able to, to to achieve all of these things? I think it's uh, yeah, it's enabled us to achieve more than we would have on a roadmap pre funding. Absolutely, um, and it gives you again that you know even just that like breathing breathing in the, in, in the headspace to think about and engage longer with clients about what their requirements actually are. And uh, do you, is there anything you think in retrospect you would have done differently after that round of funding, you know, rather than, I don't know, the Mayfair offices or, um, <laughs> or, or growing in, in a particular way? Is there anything you think, oh, I wish I'd done that differently this year? Um, I, d- I don't know. 2020 has been such an impossible year to, you know, you can't look at it versus a previous year even it's just too different and as it was our series a that we did in february we can't really compare it to a previous funding round even um so i mean every day is a school day every day we're learning more um and I, I probably wouldn't change that and yeah hopefully you get to spend a bit more time in the office and uh, and listen to the supercars yeah exactly yeah we are in the office today i mean not all of us uh, i think as we said earlier there's about 25 on our team in london and there's about five people in the office today and so uh, beforehand, I mean, lots of startups in the past, yeah, you used to base the the tech te- team somewhere in Eastern Europe. And the benefit of it being Eastern Europe rather than further afield was you could be there on a plane in, in a few hours and you you could still have weekly or fortnightly, you know, meetings. So has that 
did that stop entirely? Have you regrouped as a team uh, after you know restrictions were, were lifted? Um, we haven't met up as an entire team in terms of you know the international offices as well yet this year. Um, we did last year before the lockdown, and it yeah it helps to you know form better relationships and um, gives you the opportunity to just get around and have a drink and socialize as well. This year we haven't been able to do that. I think we are making plans to do that probably early next year, um, but certainly not in the next sort of like three or four months. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to be very likely somehow for, for now. Yeah. But um, how do you find that as the um, post Series A and, and get, yes, getting this funding and, and having this relentless drive on product improvement? Mm-hmm. How do you find that as the, the marketing director? Um, there you go, the V12s. Uh, how do you find that as, as the, the marketing director needing support from the engineering team? Are you still at the stage where the engineering team helps with any kind of digital work to support you and what you do? Absolutely, because um, while I come from a marketing communications background, before this I was working in the higher education sector. So there's there's a lot of learning to do on the, on the blockchain side of things and also on the financial services side of things. So yeah, the development team are very patient with my questions uh, and they're, they're very good at answering them. <laughs> Uh, and same on like, you know, the BD guys answer a lot of the, the financial services kind of questions so that we get the messaging right for all of our output. But do they they do all of the, uh, everything from like your, your public facing website to anything that consumers touch? It's all done by one team. Everything's done in-house. So we have um, a creative director who does a lot of our um, design online and offline for our products. Uh, and then we have a, a huge development team. Well, huge, huge for us. It's like half the company. Yep. Um, so yeah, we do everything in-house. How did that compare to the last firm you were at? Was that also all in-house as well? Um, yeah, I mean, it was different because the last place I worked was more of a sort of medium-sized enterprise and a lot older, you know, been around for sort of 20 years or 30 years. So they had a lot of their own, you know, processes established, whereas here we're building everything from scratch. So figuring out, you know, how we work best together as, you know, interconnected teams, uh, it's all uh, an evolution. Any preference? Are you preferring uh, having it all in-house at the moment? Yeah. I, yeah, I think um, especially when you're growing, it, it's helpful to have control over that um, messaging all throughout the process. Yeah. And I guess the, the definition of in-house has changed slightly recently anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very much in-house. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. Good. So, uh, and what do you think the? I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's still not really that easy to to plan ahead. But what, do you have a, a six month, a, a twelve month plan for copper? And um, do you think you're you're going to change anything in terms of how how you're working at the moment? Is are there any big changes planned, or is it just you know continue that that drive for for product improvement? It's still, I mean, very very product focused and client focused. Um, so we respond and react to whatever those changes and requirements are. Um, It'll be interesting to see next year what happens on the event side of things um, for our, you know, for our marketing team and our marketing budget, and you know where we're able to interact in person with people. I think that's always going to be the preference. Um, when you'd done events in the past, how had you done? Did you tend to take a, a standard event? Were you trying to? Were you doing spe- uh, speaking at events? What yeah, was our what preference kind of was always speaking slots. Um, as a startup, you're always focused on trying to demonstrate, um, you know, expertise. So having you know our, our senior leadership team speaking on panels, and uh, that's always been our preference for events. Um, and this year, there's been the opportunity to do virtual events. Um, I, I sort of question whether those have the same level of impact, uh, especially. 
ROI wise. Yes, understood. I mean, it's it's a it's a tricky thing to replace everything that an event offers you. I mean, we've been working with a, a client of ours to 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 build something to support their virtual events because it's not just the the broadcast of the content. It's trying to you know help sponsors talk to to mm-hmm. attendees and help attendees network. And, and there's so many different aspects to it that it, that I don't believe there's a, a product on the market that does all of those things really well yet. Yeah. Um, maybe there will be in the future. And I think especially when you're when you're having to travel to a different location to attend uh, an event, it gives you the opportunity to meet face to face with people you otherwise wouldn't have, whether the clients or prospective clients. You know, you can get things into the diary a lot more easily. I think around an event, um, whereas virtual events just don't don't offer that. And has it been um, an interesting time in terms of how investors have treated? Um, you know, cryptocurrencies or you know alternative investments. Have they? Is it being perceived as more of a safe haven uh, from your perspective? Has that evolved the message you're pushing? You know, is it more about you know, security and and you know the control over these assets has always been your your message? But is it now? Um, is it sort of taking into account the fact that a lot of other investments are even more uncertain than they were in the past? Yeah, and in the crypto space, you're never short of an opinion on these things, um, but. I think what's been demonstrated fairly conclusively this year um, is that crypto assets are here to stay and they're not just a retail fancy. Um, the institutions are taking them seriously. I mean, Bloomberg yesterday came out with a piece from their commodities team where they were comparing it to gold uh, and saying, if, if you look at the performance of Bitcoin this year, it's a safer and more profitable investment than anything on the S&P 500. So yeah, people are taking it seriously. Uh, and I think the the pandemic was actually probably good for Bitcoin. That's it. Yeah. So it's an interesting space to be in currently, and uh, and lots of demand. Hopefully. Yeah, and there's no reason why that would let up either. You know, there's there's still a huge amount of uncertainty in the traditional markets, so people are coming to crypto. Because I, I know a lot of the, you know startup space has been quite an interesting one to watch through uh, through 2020. Some startups obviously were very focused on on markets that just you know, didn't work anymore. Uh, some have been able to pivot. Some really, really haven't done well. Some startups were in sectors that, that boomed. So, um, from from your perspective, has there been you know anything uh, that's worked really well that you would share with other startups? You know, what could you do as as the the marketing director at another startup that you, you'd take away from your experience? I think don't underestimate the importance of communications with your user base, uh, and equally don't underestimate the importance of good design. I got to say, for a for a company with uh, you know internal uh, design function, it look, uh, copper looks like a really fantastic product, um, and you know it's, it's very beautifully done, designed down to the down to the marketing website. And I think that hopefully, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm assuming that that kind of level of care and attention is, is seen all the way through the product as well. Yeah, yeah, and I got to give huge shout outs to um, Ben and Artem, who are our designers uh, in house, who are just a fantastic job with anything they touch. Well, that sounds like a, a very good asset to hold on to. Yeah brilliant all right well thank you very much for talking to me really appreciate it and uh, you know best of luck with everything that's going on at copper thanks very much nick pleasure thanks for joining remember to subscribe and follow us and to share today's insights with other businesses you know who want to stay relevant in a digital first world